In this final segment on the laws of partnerships, we'll first continue exploring some of the ways in which the liability of shutfim, partners, and shluchim, agents, is greater than that of ordinary individuals, and we'll subsequently discuss some of the basic rules of the shvuas ha-shutfim, the partners of. Shulchan Aruch rules in Choshen Mishpat, Simon Kufay and Vav, Sif Yudalad, Echon mea shutfim shbaliyashin ha-peros, adaz man ha-yedua limkaros and peros, Partners share merchandise, and they're arguing about when to sell. One of the partners wants to hold on to the merchandise until the standard time to sell this type of merchandise. Other partner wants to sell earlier. The partner who wants to sell cannot object to the other partner who wants to hold on to it, because what he wants to do to hold on to it is in accordance with standard custom. Once the standard time for selling has arrived, then, either one has the right to insist on selling the property. And the partner who wants to hold on to the merchandise longer cannot object. If one partner sells in such a case without permission, without knowledge of the other partner, and then the merchandise went up in price, the other partner can say, had you held on to it, we would have had more money. So I want you to make me whole. I want you to give me that additional revenue. Other partner can say, this is the time to sell. I have the right to sell. The fact that, in hindsight, had we held on longer, we would have made more money. That doesn't create any obligation upon me to uh, compensate you for that. So that's all pretty straightforward. But now the Ramah adds an important and problematic ruling. But in a case where a partner sold before the appropriate time to sell, that that constitutes negligence. If it turns out that they would have made more money by holding on, since he was considered negligent by selling prematurely, he has to compensate the other partner who didn't want to sell for the loss, the loss of the anticipated revenue. Many acronym have a great deal of trouble with this halacha. Let's say we view the partner who sold as a mazik, as a gazlan. He stole the partnership's property. He had no right to sell it. All right, so he had no right to sell it. So let him pay whatever the property was worth at the time he, st- he stole it, at the time he was mazikit. Since when does a mazik have to pay for loss of future anticipated revenue? That's just not the halach of a mazik. But Tzos brings this question, the Nesivas, many acronym grapple with this question. And they give a variety of terutzim. The Nesivas gives a very important and far-reaching terut. The Nesivas says in Sifkan Laman Aleph, L'charakasha. A mazik only pays what the property was worth at the time he damaged it. Even in a case where we know for certain it was going to go up, but it wasn't worth more right now. So the mazik's liability is limited to the value of the property at the time of his hezek. So why does the shutuf have to pay for the loss of future revenue, as opposed to simply paying what the merchandise was worth at the time that he sold it without authorization? Says in the Sivas, Venera de Kan Bekablan Gara. This person, he calls him a Kablan, is worse than an ordinary Mazik. A Kablan, someone who receives merchandise from someone else and is supposed to act in accordance with the interests of the principal, is Chayev even more than a Mazik, even for future revenue that wasn't realized due to his actions. Why? In the Sivas is Mazber, Vumitam, Dehavikim over, Vilavra Shalom Bemetva. An artist, a sharecropper, would sometimes promise, an artist normally splits the, the yield of the field, the, rev- the revenue, the produce, with the landowner. So the landowner is worried, the artist might just decide to ignore the field. The artist will say, I'm, I'll, just, I'll, I'll get a job, I'll work, I'll do something else, I don't care. In the meantime, the property owner has nobody working his field, so the artist would promise him over below avid, 
if I allow the field to remain fallow and I don't work the field, I'll compensate you for the expected revenue that, that you would have received had I done the work. The Nasivas claims and that certainly if you make such an explicit clause in the contract, it's binding. But even if you don't explicitly stipulate that, you're still chayev. There's an implicit obligation, an automatic obligation to pay for not, for not doing what you're supposed to do. The Nasiva says, <coughs> this is Muchach in Bab Metziah, Dafayin Gimel, and Beis, that the Gemara there discusses a case of a man sent to Shliach to go purchase merchandise at a favorable price, which he then would have planned to resell for, uh, for a profit. The Shliach didn't do that. So the Gemara has different opinions, but the Gemara has a possibility that, it, that he's Chayef. Certainly if it was Biyado, if it was fully within his power to make that purchase, then he'd be Chayef. That, and the Gemara compares that to the Makshashamehadim Overvloavit. It compares that to the case of the sharecropper who's Chayef for not working the field. Now, some Rishonim learn, many Akronim point out, some Rishonim learn that the Gemara is discussing a case where the person committed himself to compensate the principal for not f- living up to his commitment. But the Nesivas brings a ritva. The Nesivas says, Ayin Bashita, Shitum Kubetzev, today we have it in the Chidusha Ritva. Shapiresh, where he understands the Sugya, the Kablan Chayev Lashalem Zeaf Bishalohisna. That a kablan, someone who receives something in trust from someone else, is obligated to pay for his failure to live up to his commitment, even without an explicit stipulation to that effect. If the if if the amount he obligates himself is is large, it's too large. It's a penalty. It, it, it's not. It doesn't correspond to actual losses. That's called gazim, an exaggerated penalty that he's not chayev. When the amount you obligate yourself in is reasonable, it corresponds to actual losses. Then you are chayev. Then the Siva says he saw the Ksos asked this question, but the Iker is like uh, is like this terrors. The Sivas is relatively brief over here. In other places, he expands upon this. The Sivas is strongly endorses this view of the Ritva. The Ritva himself acknowledges it's a very important principle in Chosh and Mishpat. Zed and Gadol, he says, there's an idea of Arvus of, uh, of of guaranteeing something. Arvus in the Gemara usually refers to someone who co-signs alone, but the Ritva has this profound and broad-reaching doctrine, which the Nesivas accepts in many places, that someone who has a financial arrangement with somebody else, partners, agent and principal, various cases where someone accepts a responsibility, a commitment to someone else, and by not living up to his commitment, the other person loses money or even fails to, re- fails to gain money, fails to make money, then the, then the shliach the, who, who, who breached his trust, who failed to live up to his commitment, is chayef, similar to the American law doctrine of reliance damages, if someone relies on you and exhibits detrimental reliance, you're chayev. If you made a commitment and he relied on it, and he, and he relied on it to his detriment, then you're chayev. And the Nesivas, based on this ritva, says that there's such a din in halacha as well, and that's how he understands our halacha. Shutfin, who entrust each other with the merchandise, each one relies on the other to live up to his commitments, which in Shutfis is pretty broad-ranging, it includes being responsible and selling at the right time. If one Shutf sells early, then he breached his commitment to behave responsibly, to act in the best interest of the partnership, according to standard commercial practice, best practices, and therefore he's chayev, even for future revenue. Now, some achronim do accept this ritva as being normative. Chasim Sofer also says, Ladina, he thinks all Rishonim agreed to the ritva. Many other achronim, though, challenge this and say that other Rishonim learned the Gemara differently, other Rishonim learned the Gemara is only talking about where you said explicitly that you're going to be chayev, but there's no such din that, that just because someone relies on you, you're chayev. So this ritva is a very powerful doctrine. The Nesivas brings it in a number of places, but it is somewhat controversial. Similarly, another approach to this question of why, in the case of the Ramah, 
where, where he sold the merchandise early, he's Chayev, we find in the Sefer Kunas Olam. This is a tshuva by Rabbi Yehuda Shmuel Primo, the father-in-law of the, of the author of the Kunas Olam. But he also says that when it comes a, a similar doctrine, a, a somewhat similar doctrine, he says when it comes to Shutfin or Shomrim in general, we find that the liability they have for the consequences of their actions is much greater than an ordinary mazik. Says the, the tshuva in the Kunas Olam, says Rav Primo, that he says, Shutfin are Shomrei Sachar, as we've discussed previously, normally a mazik, begrama is potter, grambenizakin is potter, indirect causation of damage is potter, but shutfin and shomrim are chayev even for a grama. Because the whole distinction between grama and garmi, which is a certain type of, of grama that you're chayev for, but normal grama you're potter, that whole distinction, lav, b'shutfin itmar, that does not apply at all to partners, el ben adim l'chaveiro, between ordinary people who have, no, who have no relationship, no commercial relationship. Vlarami ale shmira, that he's not a shomer, he's not a shutuf. Avil shutfin b'shomrei sachar chayav afilu begrama. Shutfin and shomrim, at least shomrim of shomrei sachar, are chayav even begrama. And he says even pshia, shomrechinam is chayav for pshia. Even pshia, he says negligence. Grama baalmahu. I left the door of the safe unlocked, and someone came and robbed it. I didn't rob it. I didn't steal it. I was garim, and I didn't lock the safe. That's certainly only a grama. If I unlock somebody's safe and then robbers come and steal property, that's only grama. So why is a shomer chayav for not locking the safe? It's only a grama. All the conditions of Garmi are not met. It, 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 the, the loss is not immediate. It's not certain. So it's certainly only a Garim, and it's not even Garmi. It's only Grama. Why? Partners and Shomrim have a, a heightened responsibility for Grama as well. And now he mentions Ardin as well. Someone goes in, breaks into your house, sells off your property, and it's not retrievable. Bizman azol, when the property was still uh, was still not worth that much. Or he sells it at a wholesale price and gets less. If he sold it at the right time by waiting a few weeks to sell it, or at retail, he would get more profit. He pays whatever the merchandise was right now when he sold it. You can't say, well, I would have held on to it and sold it uh, two weeks from now. That's the Hanukkah of the question that all that Chronom ask in Arsif. Why is the Shut of Chayev for selling Bishas Azol? Even if it would have gone up, it doesn't matter. It did go up, it doesn't matter. Right now, it's only Bishas Azol. Or Benimkar Biachat, Moshekasif Abes Yosef, Simon Pevav, Bishem Mesharim. So, an ordinary Ganav or Mazik who just sells somebody's property, takes it away, and it was Bishas Azol, he only pays what it was worth Bishas Azol. The ilu b'shutuf, a shutuf chayiv lahamtenad man mechirasa. A shutuf, as we just saw in Sifkidalid, is supposed to wait until the appropriate time to sell. Should be yoser when it's worth more. Mishigim kroz kederach hamokrim to sell in a normal way if it's retail, retail. Vimshina chayiv, and he and he says the halacha is if the shutuf is mishana and sells early, he's chayiv. Kamavur hasham b'simon kufayin vav. And Rambam v'chena vat. So the, and you see that he's chayiv. So why? So the teretz is this is the same kasha than the sivas asked, and the teretz is. Shutfin and Shomri Sachar have heightened liability. He doesn't say like the Nasivas because of reliance damages and Arvos. He says, he just says that Shutfin and even Shomrin, that's the essential responsibility of a Shomer. He's Chayev even for Grama. And even he says he ends up even from a Vatal Kiso. Normally, if I don't harm you, I just prevent you from realizing revenue. I lock up your assets. I lock up your ox. I lock up your capital so you can't invest it. You can't make money for it. You can't have your ox work and make money. So I return it to you at the end of the day, and I'm potter. The post can bring the Ushalmi. 
your potter, have a grammar, he says, and your potter. And but but b'shutev lo b'lo b'shutev masasik. But that's only an ordinary person. But a shutev and a masasik, these types of people who have financial relationships are chayev even from a vatal kiso. So that's his answer to the question raised by the achronim. It's true that an ordinary person who has no relationship to the victim is a mere mazik or gazla, and he's only chayev what the merchandise was worth at the time he committed his infraction. But shutfin and shomrin have heightened responsibility. They're chayev even for grama. And they're chayev even for bittel kiss, even for preventing the victim from from generating revenue. This basic question of whether a shutuf and a shomer are chayev for grama or chayev for indirect hezek, this question is discussed by numerous other achronim as well. And many achronim, perhaps most achronim, agree that a shutuf is chayev for grama, for indirect causation of harm. The Sharmishpat, Sharmishpat in Simon Kufayin Vav, Sufgan Dalad, brings a radvaz. The Radvaz talks about the reverse case. Not that someone sold early and got less revenue than, the, than he would have gotten had he, had he sold later. The reverse case where somebody wanted, the, somebody wanted his, the other partner to sell, and the other partner refused to sell, and then the price went down. So now they lost money, that they, now they, didn't, they did not get as much money for selling the merchandise as they wanted. The Radvaz says, Reuven Shimon, Kanuschara B'Shutfus, and... The schara was beyond Shimon. Shimon had custody of the merchandise. Shalach Reuven Ma'osav, Amrlei Tainli Scharasi. Reuven said, I want, I want out. I want my merchandise. I want to take it so I can have it, to sell it, and, and deal with it. And he wrote to Lamachra. Nilo, the partner who had the merchandise in his possession, declined, refused to give it to him. Vahuzla. Now the merchandise went down. And now Reuven says, had you given it to me, I could have sold it. So you caused me a loss, because now it went down. So the Radvaz is Pasak Sham, the Onis, Lav Onis, Yuvim, Hezek, Ubari. Radvaz says it depends. If the Hezek is Bari, if the Hezek is certain, that's one of the conditions in deciding when Grama moves into the category of Garmi that you're Chayev for. So if the Hezek is Bari, if the Hezek is certain, it was time to sell, it was the right time, and it was clear and clearly known, it was clear and understood that if you don't sell now, it'll go down. Mitzad she'er dashar, because the price will go down. Vetuzel, then chayev l'shalim, because that's the only dina, that's dina de garmi. It's not mazik mamish, but it's dina de garmi. It's the kind of grammar for which you're chayev. The low bari but if the hezek is not certain, it wasn't the time to sell necessarily, it just happened to go down. That's what happens. Merchandise sometimes goes up and sometimes goes down. Goes down, huzla mamela, then he's potter, because grama benizakinu. So the Radvaz looks at the responsibility of a merchandise of, of a of a partner for failing to sell or failing to give the other partner his share of the merchandise at the right time. He looks at it from the perspective of the laws of Mazik, of Grama and Garmi. He says if it's Bari Hazeka, then it's Garmi. If it's not Bari Hazeka, it's Grama. So the Radvaz seems to be assuming that a Shutuf is not Chayef for Grama. If it's Grama, he's Patru. He's only Chayef if it's Dina de Garmi. Sharmishpat disagrees and says, Omna advaz ben man, because in, if man, then it's Grama Benizakin, says the Sharmishpat, this whole framework is problematic, is not correct. The whole idea of Grama and Garmi, as we just saw in the Kunas Olam, Primo doesn't apply to Shutfin. Two people who have no relationship, and one of them goes and is Mazik, then we can discuss whether it's Grama or Garmi. Avlolanin Shomrim. People who are a shomer to each other, who are who have who have custody of their property, they have heightened responsibility. And he brings the same point as Raprimo did. The Chazina and the Chayver Rachman and the Shomer Chinam the Chiyah for negligence. Every negligence is grama. Af she'enu ela grama benizakin. And he says al shechayver Rachman, kibat shekibel al vlishmar. By accepting shmira, you have heightened responsibility. You're not limited to the laws of mazik. 
Imkain b'shutfin, when it comes to partners, kivan dehem shomri sacher zelazeh, since they are shomrim to each other, the kolshkin b'ov de diday, shuhunach b'tarath mashkin, dechayim midin shomrim, there is a chiv of shmirah here, v'kivan shepasha v'alpizeh ba'ahezek, dehala chaber ratzel amachra, chayiv af begram b'nizakin. So like Rav Primer, the Shamesh, but also says, Shutfin and Shomrim, Shutaviz Shomer, is Chayev for Grum. This is the opinion of many Akronim as well, perhaps most Akronim. It's not even clear, not absolutely clear that there's a dissenting opinion. Some Akronim point out that the Radvaz, the Radvaz seems to be disagreeing. The Radvaz says that, the Radvaz says that there is a Ptur of Grumma, but, but the, the other Akronim also, some of them suggest that there is that there is, uh, that, 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 that a Shomer also has, that, that the, the Sholem Eishiv seems to suggest that there's a Ptur of Grama in these contexts as well. But many Akronim, perhaps most Akronim say that the, most Akronim say that a Shutuf is Chayev for, Shutuf is Chayev for Grama. With regard to Shvuas HaShutfin, so in Simon Sadi Gimel and Choshen Mishpat, that's, uh, that, that's the Simon of Shvuas HaShutfin, the Shulchan Aruch sets forth the basic rule, Elu nishpayim b'tayna shema, hashutfin v'harisin v'aputrapsim, partners and other types of people who have custody of other people's property, shminu osim beistin, executors, ali yisomim v'aisha shino sas m'rasem b'toch habayis, osho shiva balach and vanis, v'chein ben habayis, unosim v'nosim, all these cases of someone who is acting on behalf of somebody else who has custody and access to his property, kol echad me'elu nishpah midirem b'nikitas chefetz, each one of these shutfin and variations of shutfin are required to take a shvua up in Kitas Chefetz. Betaina Suffolk, even if the Tovea, the person whose property they had in their custody, are only Suffolk, they don't know that he actually stole. They just they say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if you're being honest and giving me everything that I'm entitled to or not. Even though it's only a Taina Suffolk, Shema Gazel Matan, they have the right to ask for a shvua. Maybe the shutuf stole in the course of doing the business. Maybe he wasn't as he wasn't careful in the accounting, didn't do a proper accounting. There's a minimum amount that the tviya has to be in order to trigger this shvua midinikitas chayfets. Has to be at least two ma. The ma is a kind of coin, at least two ma. But when you do that, if, if the tviya is is at least clear as that minimum bar, then there is an obligation to swear. Obligation to swear a shvuas hashutfin. The there is a machlokas achronim as to whether this always applies or only if there is actually some basis. He actually has some suspicion of him. The pischechuva and sifkon gimel brings the taz. He has to have. He has to actually suspect him, and more than that, there has to actually be a hochacha. Supposed to use the language reglayim ladaver. He actually he has to have some actual basis for suspecting him. But if he concedes that he has no particular suspicion, he's just going fishing, he just says, maybe, who knows, maybe you stole, the Taz says, In a similar vein, the Pesachuva brings from the Shvaz Yaakov. Shvaz Yaakov writes that even if you're not actually planning on demanding the Shvua, you're not actually planning on insisting on the Shvua. You want to scare him, you want to put pressure on him, he should offer you some settlement, he'll, he'll just tell you, then drop the case, let's just settle the case, and I'll give you some money. So take, uh, take some uh, negotiated figure, and then walk away. Also, if you don't actually suspect him, you can't ask for the shvua. If you do suspect him, you can ask for the shvua. If you want to settle, you can settle. But if you don't suspect him, you just want to use you know, the, the, the right to, to, to ask for a shvua as pressure to force a settlement, that you're not allowed to do. 
Raya Mila'el, he says, Misha Tovino, so Oslovakish Tzadim. If someone, if someone is, uh, if, if, if someone is to pay you money that you genuinely owe, you're not allowed to use uh, you know, legal procedures to try to uh, force them to settle. If you actually owe the money, you have to pay it. If even the defendant is not allowed to use legal maneuvering to avoid paying an obligation that he actually has, then certainly the plaintiff is not allowed to use dishonest legal maneuvering to, uh, you know, to, to extract money from the nitva that, that he has no actual right to. Ayin Sham, Pesachet says, this is, this is obvious. But the basic ruling of the Taz, that the Shuvah Sashutfin is only, you only have the right to ask for it if you actually have in other words, it's not enough that you're actually koshered him, but you actually have to have some, some type of reglaim, some type of hachacha, our chashulchan does not agree. Our chashulchan in Sefalef says, that A, you have to have a chashad, and B, you have to actually have if you concede that you have no, no basis, no circumstantial evidence to suspect him of dishonesty, that's the taz, Says the Arachashulchan, I haven't found any allusion to this in the words of the Rishonim. It's just a question of if you want the Shvua, you have the right to ask for it, nothing further is required. What's the reason for the Shvua? The Chazal were Choshesh that the Shutuf. The, the Apotropos, he says, look, I'm working hard, I'm, I, 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 did, I did good work for him, I could take a little bit for myself. It's a harass hetter, it's a rationalization, a justification, self-justification. If Chazal felt that was uh, a real concern, even if you have no particular indication that in this case that he did so, if Chazal felt that was a real chashash, why shouldn't you have the right to ask for a shvua, even if you can't uh, point to anything specific about the case that leads you to think that he actually did that? I don't know what the actual practice is. I don't know how many cases, actual cases, there have been of Shuvah Sashutfin recently, but a Shuvah in the different Malkiel, he was asked this question, among other things, that he was dealing with partners, classic situation of partners, and one of the partners was asking the other partner for a Shuvah Sashutfin. The Shutf was very reluctant to take it. He says, well, I've never sworn, and it's, uh, it's a cherpa, it's a disgrace to have to swear, uh, that the Shutf was even willing to give up some of his, uh, some of the, he, he was willing to write off the the, the cost of his uh, for the work that he did for the Shutf, just leave me alone, I don't want to have to swear, I'm, I just want to walk away from this whole deal. So the question was, can he actually ask for a Shuvah Sashutfus? So the different Malkiel rules, he named in Hagenu Kedas Taz. Our Minag is like the Taz, apparently it happened often enough for there to be an actual Minhag about it. She'ein mashbiyin rakishiyei not enough that you want the shvua. It might not even be enough that you suspect him. There has to actually be a hochacha. There has to be concrete grounds for a for you to suspect him. Unlike the Aruch who says if Chazal said it's a chashash, it's a chashash. He says pragmatically, Everyone's going to be asking for shvuas. There'll be shvuas flying all over the place. That's what our business is. Business is usually done in the form of partnerships. So there'll always be partnerships. There'll always be such arrangements that will give rise to Shuvah Sashutfin, and people will be swearing all the time. In his particular case, there was no basis to, for him to be chosheed, there was just fishing. So he says, Armin Agiz, that he has no right to ask for a Shuvah Sashutfin in such a case. So 
This is a discussion the Shulchan Aruch didn't mention here, but the Pesachua brings it later, that many posts can say, some posts can say that the Shuas HaShutfin is only triggered by Modav HaMikzas. If the Shutf is Modav that he still owes some money, he just says, I don't owe more than that, and the other Shutf says, maybe you owe even more than that, that's Modav HaMikzas, that's where there's a Shuas HaShutfin. But if the Shutf says, I don't know anything, I'm done, I gave you back everything, you have everything you're supposed to have, then there's no Shuas HaShutfin. Ah, he says, Parhevia Pischei Tshuva Sham, Divarek Nasi Cheskel, Vatumim, Tekivin Shiyeshadayin, Lefaneinu Meisik Hashem Meshutav, Havikimodim, Mikzas, but one Shutav still has assets of the Shutavs, and he says, look, I have $100 left, here it is, this is everything that, that, that's, that's coming to you, and I'm done. And the other Shutav says, well, maybe you pocketed something, maybe there's more, that's Modim Mikzas. Ah, Kasha, the Divar Malkiel says, Havi Halach, when you actually have the Maman Ben, and you're giving it back to him, that's Halach, that's not Modim Mikzas, says regarding the Iker Shaila, he says the Minog is unless there is an actual unless there's at least some level of circumstantial evidence that leads us to believe that the Shutuf may have uh, embezzled some money or made an improper accounting. The Minog is, he says, not like the Archa Shulchan, the Minog is like the Taz that you cannot ask for a Shuasa Shutfus simply because you say, I don't know, maybe he was Maraheter, that's not enough to ask for a Shuasa Shutfus, that you have to actually have some basis for requesting such a Shvua.